it's not that we're selling hope or giving people hope. We're saying things that people have been thinking all this time. We know there's something wrong. Your gut has been telling you your whole life. So when they see what we're doing, under, their gut is finally saying, this is what it is. There's something wrong out there. What they're doing is wrong. And when you start seeing millions of trucks, you start seeing millions of people, and you start to find that tribe of yours that knows, hey, something's wrong, and they're actually going to do something about it. But as Canadians, we're peaceful. We're respectful. We, we understand the power of our voice. They handed this to me and said, here, this is for you. Please bring justice for our people. Am I saying some things that are giving people hope? Absolutely. But it's the things that are coming together that people are seeing that is giving them that hope. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou, and I've got something to say. This is not a typical Thought Leader Revolution episode. Normally, we have some of the world's top thought leaders here talking about the areas of their expertise and how they've used it to create success for themselves in business. And normally, you listen to this show because you're interested in applying those lessons for yourself in business. But we're living in incredible times right now. And the world over, freedom itself is under assault. And in my home country of Canada, um, there has been one man, one individual in particular, a very unlikely hero, a man who has been able to articulate why freedom matters better than all the highbrow intellectuals around the world. And I wanted to bring him here for you today because what he has to say is very, very important, and I'm blessed and privileged to have him here. And I also have my sweet, beautiful, better half and bride, Teresa Dugwall, here to help me do this. So today's guest is the one and only, the real Pat King. Welcome to the show, Pat. It's an honor to have you here, my friend. Thanks, Nikki. It's an honor to be here. I appreciate all the all the help you guys are giving to us. So yeah, thanks, man. You bet, man. You bet. Well, Pat, tell us a little bit about your backstory. How'd you get to be... The real Pat King. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's funny. Three years ago, a little over three years ago, we were able to do a, um, a convoy such as uh, such as this, but on a little bit smaller scale. And uh, I got to I got to participate in it. And by participating in it, I just started feeling that love for the country again, starting to feel a sense of belonging and feeling that, you know, all the stuff that you hear about people. Um, not getting along with everybody like different provinces don't like other provinces quebec doesn't like alberta ontario the east hates the west kind of thing um when we partook on that convoy uh we we were able to reunite and join everybody together and we realized that wow the media is actually lying about this we don't hate each other we actually really like each other and so we performed our convoy we got it to ottawa we left february 14th 2019 and we got to Ottawa on February 20th and stood on the hill honking horns and uh, and uh, negotiating with, with Parliament to reinstate our oil and gas industry, to reinstate our uh, our pipelines. And when we left, we, we left back on the convoy. We felt a little bit defeated, but two days after leaving, we had, a call, we had our pipelines um, reinstated. So our, our exercising of our political rights and getting our voices heard by politicians worked. And we were like, wow, all right, well, 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 now what can we do? Let's see what else more we can do. So in the meantime, uh, in the last few years, I've been traveling around the world. I've been traveling into uh, Switzerland. I filmed all the big uh, elites at the Bilderberg conferences in Montreal, Switzerland in 2019. Um, then I started going around on tour and, and meeting people in, in uh, like what's called like a town hall meeting. And I'd meet with community people and just discuss some of the things that are going on and what's troubling them in their communities and how can we help and what can we fight for, for them? How can we come together as a family unit and try and get this country, sew it back together, you know, like put, put the bandaid on it and try and heal it. 
So we were successful in doing that. And when we did that, we, uh, we, I, it ended up, you know, getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it started getting more, I started getting into the podcasts. I started getting into doing my own little videos. And then I got into investigative journalism more in, in depth. And I started traveling around and investigating the stories that were going around here in Canada, such as the $42 billion infrastructure project that was taken away from Albertan, the Alberta province and given to the Chinese Communist Party out of, out of China, uh, which is an Alberta bread and butter. So when they started to attack us on that, I was like, okay, I want to know the difference. I want to know what's going on on this. As I looked into it, I found out that the Chinese, part of the clause in that said that the Chinese government that has their infrastructure here that has their assets on Canadian soil are allowed to put their own security in place to protect those assets. Well, it turns out their security was Chinese soldiers. So I was investigating three years ago of the Chinese soldiers infiltrating Canadian uh, soil. Now you got three years later, Justin Trudeau saying that they're training with our military in Petawawa. Well, I tried to bust that story three years ago. Of course it got buried. So even still, I, I covered another story. It's still out there now. It's proved that my stories were valid. They were, they were, you can touch them. They were tangible. Now we go into um, the, uh, the first nations and the, and what's going on with our first nations, men and women. And um, I, I was able to uncover the wet suit and ties to the George Soros foundation and the open society foundations, which were being directly funneled money in from the, uh, NDP party in Alberta to cause these train blockades. This was right before COVID. And they had the First Nations trying to block the, tra- the, the, tra- the trains, which was denying our access to get our product to market, to get it to the, to the, to the ports. And anytime somebody's trying to hinder uh, a, a country's econo- like economy by trying to get their product somewhere, that's an act of terrorism. So I covered that one. So when I covered that one and I exposed that one, all of a sudden train blockades disappeared. So no more train blockades here. Hmm. Why won't they tell you the real story? But anyways, that's fine. At least they were done. And we kind of saved our country a little bit there. Then the big one was COVID. When COVID come out, we knew right away, we've always been waiting for this. And this has been something that's been in the behind the scenes of hearing. Okay. COVID-19. COVID-19 was supposed to be that, that false flag that, you know, was either going to be a bioweapon or a dirty bomb that was going to initiate and, and, and um, basically cement the foundation of the new world order, which is the COVID-19 narrative uh, pandemic to, uh, to implement the 2030 agenda. And that is the one world government where unelected officials pull the strings and tell you what you do and what you can't. And this is open, the Great Reset. We all hear the Great Reset, the Great Reset, the crash of the economy. Um, And when that happened, uh, I decided to do some research. Now, my background is an occupational health and safety professional. As an oil and gas guy, I was a senior supervisor, completion supervisor. I was a head of uh, um, fracking programs, and I understood the oil and gas industry for that sector. Then I went to university at the University of Alberta. I got my degree as an OH. S professional. So my delegation is actually a CSP, a certified safety professional. When they started hiding COVID under the guise of safety, we were, okay, everything you're implementing from these masks, you're, you're, you're initiating masks, these blue masks at 110 parts per million. They're only good masks for smoke, high concentrated dust particles, and that's it. These viruses are less than 10 parts per million. So you may as well be throwing a hot dog through a, hall, through a, through a chain link fence. And we we're asking ourselves, okay, this is a protection. In asbestos abatement alone, fiberglass particles, which cause mesothelioma, are huge. They, and we have to put you in a self-contained breathing apparatus with a zoot suit so the, can't, the particles can't get in through your permeable skin. So that being said, we're like, okay, we're, we're treating uh, fiberglass mesothelioma with a bigger concentration, but we're putting these masks on people that don't work. We got to do our research here. What's going on? So I did my research and I found out that SARS-CoV-2 or the SARS virus has never been isolated in a human being. It's never been done. So in order to implement all these mandates that they have done, they would have had to have isolated the virus in order to, uh, to cultivate it and make a vaccine for it. They never did. 
So now we explain that in plain English, man, because that's that's a little technical. (laughs) Okay. So in order to make any kind of vaccines for any kind of sickness or illness, you would have to isolate that particular particle, that particular virus, isolate it and then have it by itself and then try and put whatever you have to vaccinate to try and kill that. It's the same thing with cancer. You pull a cancer cell out, you put all these different little things into it to try and, you know, see what works to eliminate or mitigate or reduce the cancer. And that's how a cancer cure works. That being said, with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, you would have to break that virus. You'd have to break it down. You'd have to have it ready by itself, isolated, which means it in itself alone, nothing else. So by breaking that down, then you have that one particle, that one virus that you can now start uh, putting. Say you had, uh, what you would call it, like... Uh, like Javex, you want to put Javex on it and see if the Javex will kill that virus. And then you have these viruses all the way there the whole time so that you can keep continuously trying new things to make it go away, to kill it. But they've never done that. So I got a ticket for uh, for violating these uh, public health restrictions. I got a ticket for being in a crowd larger than 10. $1,200 ticket. Wow. So I, yeah, so I took them to task. I was like, okay. Prove to me that you've isolated this virus because if you've isolated this virus, then you would have the means to back up. You would have the science to back up why you're putting these into place. They couldn't prove it, and I have the documents showing it that they, I, I ended up <laughs> I ended up subpoenaing Dina Henshaw, the chief medical officer of health for Alberta, and she had to show up to court. They hit me with a pro- procedural violation before going to court, less than 24 hours trying to quash the subpoena but before they did that they openly admitted that they did not have the material evidence that i had been requested which means they don't have the isolation of the SARS-CoV-2 virus and then it just exploded and now it exploded to the point where everybody knows that it's not real Everybody knows this, but they're still pushing these mandates, still pushing these these jabs on people. Now we're looking at the various, various uh, ad- adverse health effects from these virus, these jabs and stuff. So we're looking at that, and the death count on that is even more higher than what the death count is in COVID. We've seen the the absolute one hundred percent mismanagement of numbers. We're seeing uh, the the desecration of our of our uh, medical system, our police forces, our EMS all of that. And then they went after the supply chain. And now people are realizing, hey, first dose didn't work. Second dose didn't work, but get a third dose and it'll work. Oh, wait, no, that third dose didn't work either. Now we want a fourth dose. So now the whole world has been like sitting there going, wait a minute, there's something wrong here. <laughs> and here we are today, sitting in Ottawa, gridlocked. Nobody around, nobody can move. Nobody <laughs> Just, can get this, in this or crazy. out. So, I'll tell you myself, I got COVID on November 30th and I got the Delta variant, not the Omicron. I was knocked on my keister, man. Like I was sick as a dog. Um, This is the worst thing I've ever experienced. And um, I managed to get some uh, ivermectin. Didn't seem to do a ton, but I took a bunch of different things. I finally got better. Teresa set me up with uh, a vitamin drip. And yeah, that vitamin B12, drip, vitamin B12, B12 yeah. complex. Yeah. Uh, C that did it. So I can say categorically COVID's real because I've had it. Okay. There's no question. You, it's real. Or did but you have a really bad flu? It was the wor- worst than the worst flu I've ever had. I had 10 nasty symptoms. The worst of which was anything sweet. I tried to eat Pat. I'd want to throw it up. You know what I'm saying? Like I love fruit. I love sweet things. And I hated sweet things for that time. I couldn't wow. like I go in my mouth. I just throw it up. It was awful. It made me want to vomit. Like, like it was chemically and stuff like that. Right. But yeah, you know, I was with four guys, five guys, one guy didn't get nothing. Me and another guy, you know, we, we, we were in the state we were in. And then there was a couple other guys who had you know, decided to make a different medical decision. And I'm not going to say why or which, because it's nobody's damn business, but the right. folks, the folks that had the folks that had had taken the shot, they had lesser symptoms. So that was pretty obvious than the folks that hadn't. Um, 
However, the right. person who ended up giving everybody the COVID vaccinated person. That's all I'm going to say. So the vaccination yeah. doesn't stop anything. Doesn't right. doesn't doesn't have anybody lose it. So there's no question. All of that stuff is a hundred percent true. But I guess my question is for you. Like, what was it that had you say, we got to we got to get another convoy going. We got to stand up for freedom, not just for truckers, but for all of Canada. Well, the the goal is this. These mandates aren't doing anything. They're hindering the economy of Canadians. They're they're devastating on family units. They're devastating on, um, you know, our uh, like our businesses, our economy, our healthcare systems. Um, you know, now it wasn't good enough for nurses to go to school. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't, it's, it's hurting our nurses going to work. Um, they're saying now that the, the medical industry now is, is tarnished and there's not many uh, nurses available to, and they're being overloaded. But now nurses with the jab can test positive and go to work as long as they're asymptomatic. Okay, you're asymptomatic, which means you're healthy. <laughs> you're not showing symptoms, and now you can go to work. Well, why can't these other nurses who don't have the job, who test positive, that are asymptomatic, why can't they go to work? So there's your question on that one. Then you've got these doctors pumping, pumping and pumping these jabs, 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 and you know you got policemen who are they're saying, well, the police forces are down. Uh, we're we're in Winnipeg alone. They were declaring a, a a state of emergency within the internal police force because they didn't have enough police officers. Well, now you got truckers being told they can't cross the borders unless they're jabbed. But truckers are the, one of the most isolated people out there. They're in their units. They're not driving. They're stuck on the road all the time. Or they're driving and they're stuck on the road all the time. Yeah. So now you're going to say they can't cross the border, which Canada is so dependent on cross-border trade and relations to get their product up here. We live in the winter six months out of the year. We don't have that opportunity to grow food all around, all like year-round. So when you look at this and the truckers are going, wait a minute, we're not even sick. There's nothing wrong with us. We don't come into contact with people. We're told there's a trailer here, go jump, hook on, and leave. So a lot of them are like, no, we're not getting a stupid job. No way. They're like the nurses. Two years ago, they were heroes. Now they're zeros. And you look at it and go, wait a minute. If the government is doing this to the truckers, they're going to cripple the supply chain here in Canada, which means they're going to eliminate the food and products here in Canada for us to be able to get our groceries. It's going to increase the cost of groceries. Nobody's working because your businesses are closed. Your food is going to be astronomically priced. And all because the government did this. If you have caught COVID, you have an immune system. Now your antibodies are massive. And this has been proven by the, the Dr. Hoff and the Singapore case study, which has shown that even if you've caught COVID, you don't need a vaccine because your immune system and your antibodies are so strong that even 17 years ago, 18 now, when the SARS virus first came out, People who had contracted it still had stronger antibodies to this day that they've been injected with SARS-CoV-2 and can't catch it because their antibodies are so high. So I've caught it too, Nikki. I'm telling you, I caught it. I know I had it. It wasn't that bad, not like you said, but I did lose my sense of smell. I did lose the taste. Uh, I did have a really bad burning chest, but I got over it. And now I am totally... Perfect. I've been in crowds of 500,000 plus people. Yesterday, I've been in a crowd of a million point, 1.4 million people up on the hill. You know, I don't catch this. I can't. But that's called an immune system. Yes. 100%, brother. 100%. It's one of those things that I think is absolutely incredible that the normal laws of science are no longer being adhered to by our so-called public health officials. The immune system is is the best way to, to protect yourself, not by putting foreign substances into your body. There's no question about that. Hey, listen, right. I've, been, I've been monopolizing the conversation. Why don't I give my beautiful bride a chance? <laughs> okay, it's okay. It's good. So I was telling you that I was, I've been following you, Pat, as you're taking this journey, traveling here, 
traveling to Ottawa, and uh, which was pretty exciting how you how you had us all on the drive, basically watching the road and and seeing what was happening. And one of the things that I remember you saying was that like this, what you didn't expect the number. No. So no, tell me, when was the moment you when when was that moment you went? wow, like what is happening here? Like when was that moment that you actually, you were just blown away by what was happening? And and, 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 and the people, I'm just telling you, what I saw was was this, all these people who were silent, silent suffering, suddenly they were coming out and there was this joy. Yeah, well, I had watched it right from Vancouver. So I was right in contact with our road captain from Vancouver. And when he got to Kamloops, he was telling me, oh, my gosh, Pat, you got to see the people. I said, I'm watching it. I'm watching it, bro. I got a friend that is on there right from Vancouver with you. And this is amazing. So we were getting ours ready in Alberta. So we had two road captains per province, um, a, a lead guy and an assistant guy to help with all logistics and stuff for there particular areas when my convoy came down from northern alberta and they got to my place in red deer um i was like whoa this is gonna go this is going all right these guys are coming decked right out and then i was like okay boys try to get some sleep that first night to get ready to go down to calgary to meet anybody the adrenaline was just like okay it's going but when i got to calgary and i saw it and the amount of people and the massive support I was, I was in tears. Yeah. I was in absolute tears. And I knew from that point right on, this is just going to grow. So how can we do this? So I just continued. So when we did the convoy three years ago, I did this before front row dash cam kind of, kind of observation for everybody going, but in everything that I've seen and gone through over the last few years, which have been quite the journey myself, spiritually and mentally and physically. Um, I just, I started speaking more from the heart and understanding, you know, we've got you. We got you because I'm watching these numbers and we're not going to give up on you. We're not. And when that was, and it started growing and growing. Next thing you know, we're coming across Manitoba and you got a little group and then bigger groups and then bigger groups and bigger groups and bigger groups. And then we got to Winnipeg and Winnipeg was, it was insane. We were just like, holy cow. And I, I just remember the, the feed. I was watching the messages and, what stood out was there was this sense of hope yeah. and this sudden feeling of being proud to be a Canadian. And many people haven't actually felt that. And some had never felt it. And there was this moment of, wow, I'm proud to be Canadian now. And, and, and you were, you were just, you were the, the vehicle that, that gave people hope and it brought tears to so many eyes. You had up to 12,000 people. I watched the number. I remember we were going for 10,000 yeah. that night. I remember that. Yeah. I, I remember at one point there was 12,000, but, but 10,000 people on this journey with you up to that. Yeah, That's there was quite a bit on that. Then we did you see yesterday's when we got in Ottawa? I had 29,000 people on my live feed. I saw that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, it's not that we're selling hope or, or giving people hope. Um, we're saying things that people have been thinking all this time. You know, we know there's something wrong. Your gut has been telling you your whole life that there's something wrong. I explain it this way. Our government has been burying us in medications and pills and everything for years. You know, they're, they're, they're funneling you in full of medications and stuff. The biggest one is I'm an occupational health and safety professional. And we had the contingency plans in place for mental health awareness. Mm-hmm. And we started building on this. And I started looking at statistics and I'm going, hey, this is mental health. You know, this is anxiety. Where does anxiety come? Anxiety is a rush of adrenaline. Adrenaline is an increase of excitement. How can you be having a medical condition to this? And when we're doing that, it's uh, I look at it and I go, wait a minute. That's your gut instinct. Your gut instinct is telling you something's wrong and you're getting anxious and you're getting nervous and you're getting, you know, something's going on with you. So you look at this way. Our gut instinct is what survived us all our lives since we were cavemen. And your gut's telling you that something's wrong is something because there might have been a predator behind you or something and it told you you're either going to fight or you're going to fight. 
You know, you're going to fight or you're going to run. And all these people are going through increased mental health issues. And they look at it as your gut's telling you something's wrong. And you need to listen to your gut because it got you this far in life. And now with their gut instinct now, people are all feeling that. So when they see what we're doing, they're under, their gut is finally saying, ah, this is what it is. There's something wrong out there. What they're doing is wrong. And all this time they had felt this gut instinct telling them that there's something wrong, but they didn't know what it was. And when you start seeing millions of trucks, you start seeing millions of people, and you start to find that tribe of yours that knows, hey, something's wrong, and they're actually going to do something about it. Then you start seeing the people go, we've known this all along. We've known this. We're here to fight with you. But as Canadians, we fight in a different way. We're peaceful. We're respectful. We, we understand the power of our voice. And being able to be that voice for a lot of people um, has been the changing factor of this right now. We've, we've watched it coming across Canada and, and people are just, like you said, it's hope, but it's not hope. It's like, they know, they know something's wrong and, and we're going to fix it. So that's what it is. They're yeah. cheering you on for that. Absolutely. I also, uh, what I experienced was that um, just the, the unity, people coming together, as you said before, when you saw there was this, we were told there was this conflict in the past when you did the last one. When we see all these people finally uniting again, people who haven't seen each other. And and that just shows, we, we know there's been a huge mental impact, mental health impact here. And the freeing, there's this freeing of being able to come out and to, to see your neighbors, to feel feel some love. And so that was powerful. One other thing I noticed when you were um, driving through a certain section, you you actually showed um, some beautiful, um, I think some First Nations, some things, uh, some gifts that were given to you. Can you share a little bit about those gifts and what they represented? So this one in particular, um, this is what is called a Métis sash from a Métis First Nations. And this was uh, a lady's, she stopped me in Winnipeg, I believe it was, or sorry, Sault Ste. Marie. And this is 150 years old. Whoa. And a sewn Métis sash worn by her great-great-grandfather who wore this in the battle between the Redcoats and he died wearing this. And he wore this, and his last words out of his mouth were, justice for my people. Wow. And they handed this to me and said, here, this is for you. Please bring justice for our people. I was also given this here. You can only get these gifted in, for, in our culture. And I was gifted an eagle feather. And that is for power. So I have the power to strength to carry on to help us. I was also given, oh, this was gifted to me as well. And this is a grizzly bear claw. And it is Whoa. a neck, neck, it's heavy too. It's really heavy, it's real brass. Nice. And it goes around your neck to protect you and protect your voice. So the spiritual part of this is deep embedded in this. And when this stuff starts to roll and starts to happen, you're moving mountains, believe me. And we know that this will happen because there's tradition that there's in our culture that the day the white man comes to ask for knowledge is the day that we all unite. The white man's been asking for knowledge all these years and now we're uniting. So flying or driving across here, we've been seeing eagles flying all above us. We did a campaign a few months ago where we tried to encourage and educate our First Nations people on how much, how much uh, importance they have in the political spectrum of things. And we saw the overreach of the, the police that tried to deter them from doing that. When we did all that stuff, we tried to reunite and join them together with us again. Now here we are reuniting again. We had drummers yesterday down on the Parliament Hill. We had warrior drummers down, First Nations people pre uh, present to be a part of all of this. 
and uh, we've united what's we have what's called a medicine wheel and in the medicine wheel is all four colors the four colors is white yellow red black those are all the four races the colors of the races now we have come together and we brought the four colors of the medicine wheel together here in canada and it's the first time you've ever been able to do that in the world and then all of a sudden the world starts to catch on to this and they understand the importance of this. And now you see what's going on all around the world. And they understand it because it's a prophecy. I don't know how spiritual you guys are. I don't know how, you know, your faith and your belief is, but this is amazing. And this is absolutely phenomenal what's happening. So yeah. Am I saying some things that are giving people hope? Absolutely. But it's the things that are coming together that people are seeing that is giving them that hope. If that makes any sense. Makes sense. Absolutely, it does. Hundred percent. Thank um, you, Pat. Inside every human breast beats the living heart of freedom. Everyone has a yearning, a desire to be free. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Nobody wants to be told how to live their lives. And it just seems that this glorious, beautiful country of ours has been turned upside down. Canada. The true note, strong and free, has been turned into a fascist Marxist hellhole, and I want him gone, and he's got to leave the country peacefully, absolutely peacefully. He needs to go. The game that he plays is all about power, and the game you're playing is a game of love, and you're going to oust him. You're going to be what's going to do them. You are the civil rights leader of our time, man, you know, not to give you a big swelled head or anything like that, but you know what? Back in the day in, in, in the United States, there was a man there named Martin Luther King Jr. And that man was all about standing up for civil rights. Yes, he was doing it for black people at that time. But his speeches were, this is about everybody. He wanted to live in a country where one day his children will be judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. That's right. You're saying you want men and women to be judged, not by whether or not they decided to take a jab, but because they're freedom loving Canadians and Canada is a nation, a proud nation, a nation of warriors. Hell, the Germans were scared of Canadian soldiers back in World War Two because they were big, tough mountain men from Saskatchewan and Manitoba, 240 pound dudes. And these were just these tiny little metrosexual german dudes from berlin they, they, they just were scared of us and it took the truckers to remind people what good men can do because the only condition necessary for the triumph of evil according to edmund burke the great british philosopher you know is for good men to stand by and do nothing and this good man real pat Sorry. king he's not doing nothing and i tell you for me that's why I wanted you on this show to personally thank you and to say it's a beautiful thing what you're doing. You're not just inspiring, giving people hope. You're letting people like me get up and speak. My last episode I did last week was a rant, a 10-minute rant I did supporting the Freedom Convoy. And I had someone send me an email saying, all right, selfish people like you, take me off your list. I was like, awesome. I'm getting hate mail. That means I must be doing something right. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when they start hating you, I, I like to express it this much. Like, CBC's done a smear campaign to me already, trying to call me a racist and a xenophobe. But you got to look at it this way. Like you said about Canadian soldiers being burly tough men and them being scared of them. Well, whenever you're over the target, you're going to catch the most flack. And I'll tell you right now, we're floating right over there. We're hovering. We're circling the target right now. And we're catching flack. And uh, it is what it is. Now listen, man, as a brown Middle Eastern man, I know you're not a racist. See, guys like you who bring people together, they're not racist, man. You're welcome in my home anytime, brother. I like I me a good rib that. steak. If you're into that, come on down. Oh, Let's yeah. have some together, brother. I can, I can down. I can put back a good steak any day. I, I got Alberta born in me, so I'm pretty. Hey, there you go. There you go. My, one of my favorite restaurants too. is in Calgary, Caesars, brother. Oh yeah. Um, when you look at, uh, you know, let's look at it from a Canadian aspect of this. Whenever you're in front of the puck and you got it and you're in front of the net, you're going to get hit the hardest. Well, I'm standing right between the goalposts right now. I can see the goal and I've got the puck. That's it, brother. That's it. There's a lot of, there's a lot of cogs to the wheel out here today. You know, right now we're just, uh, we're hammering. We've got the city in gridlock. Okay, so no, nobody can move, nobody can get out, nobody can get in. I don't know if you can hear that, but can you hear the horns going like the 
No, unfortunately, I can't. Yeah, man. but I but I hear them when you're doing live. I'm getting the guys to open the window here right now. We like this is crazy. It's been like this for three days. I can't stop hearing horns. Ready? Oh yeah, yeah. Can you hear it? Yeah, now I can hear it. Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Man. All day long. All day. It's like psyops, you know, like when they played ACDC and Saddam Hussein's yeah. ringing to try and drag them out. This is what it's been like here for two two days, and we're not stopping. So we have some of the organizers right now did a um, a press conference, and we're not dealing with mainstream media. Not a chance in hell are we dealing with mainstream media. You should. So we were. They just held a, a news conference in a private, undisclosed area, and gave all their demands and what they're wanting to do. Trudeau's in uh, Tofino right now. We've got word that he's in Tofino. I actually have his address to where he's at because you know. We're a pretty good freedom-fighting country. We know where he went. But they said, oh, no, Justin Trudeau's got COVID. So he's got to isolate for five days. Yeah. No. No, he, got, he doesn't have COVID. He doesn't no. have COVID. He's, he's, just, he's, he's, he's just, I run a men's organization called the Sovereign Man Movement. I actually have a men's podcast I do. I may take a, this podcast and put it on both, both platforms this episode. Nice. But we're all about that, man. We're all about helping men, you know, become masculine again. We're all about helping men be proud of being men. And men's got to stand up. There's this poem that a guest on my podcast wrote. It's called Hard Times Create Strong Men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. And every 20 years is that part of that cycle. It's about an 80-year cycle. Eight years ago was World War II. You know, strong men came out of those hard times. And then 20 years later, it was the 60s. Those strong men created good times. And then those strong men that created good times created weak men. And those weak men created the hard times that we're in right now. That's just the way it is. These hard times, they're creating strong men like you. There we go. And me. She's been a vicious cycle, but we got to break that cycle because what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over and expecting different results. Well, I think we did something different. I think we're going to see some wicked results out of it. We're, we're just grateful to have an opportunity to meet you, have this conversation with you. Sweetheart, you have some more questions you want to ask Pat? Oh, I Actually, I don't. I, what, I just echo what you just said, Nikki, with regards to like, we are honored that, that you're here with us and, um, and that you've taken this on with your team and and all the support that you've got behind you like we're we're just grateful for everyone who has stepped up to end the silence suffering of people who have been who who, who need to be free and uh, all want to be free so thank you and uh, that that this means the world to us thanks Teresa. i appreciate that you know i want to i want everybody to understand this too it's not all about me you know there's men in this that they don't want any recognition. They don't want anything, but they're, they're, they deserve it. These men that drove these trucks all the way across Canada from all parts, what it is is they're, they're the real heroes, guys. They're the real, Oh, This is another one. Now, now I should show you this one. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh, these are it. your extremists, right? They said, this, these are your terrorists. That's beautiful. I love that. Oh my gosh. So we've got that, you know, and they're calling us extreme fringe minority group. We're uh, terrorists. We're racists. We're these are little children that are standing there going, "Feed them," you know. And it's the cutest thing you've ever seen yeah. in your world. No the life. extreme fringe minority group are the MPs in Parliament. They're the only extremists and the only fringes out here. And I, I, I'll say this to you, man. Um, I uh, happen to be uh, friends with a couple of people that have been on my podcast that are filmmakers, filmmakers who believe in freedom like us. Um, one lady, her name is Amanda Milius. She's the daughter of John Milius. You may have heard of John Milius. He wrote the Dirty Harry screenplay. He wrote Apocalypse oh, yeah. Now. He made yeah. the movie, um, the original Conan the Barbarian with Arnold. Nice. Uh, That's one of my classic favorites. Yeah, it's a great movie, man. Great movie. Yeah. So his right. daughter made the plot against the president in the United States with Congressman Devin Nunez. She made that documentary. So she was on the show. She's been a guest. Uh, I'm connected with her. You know, they ought to look at making a movie about the Freedom Convoy. Another good friend of mine in the States 
he also is a filmmaker and he's 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 been in Hollywood, but, you know, he kind of left there because he got tired of the craziness of the left these days. And now he's making movies. And I think he might be interested in something like this. And I'm also good friends with um, a guy named Ryan Mickler. He has the biggest podcast for men on the planet. It's called Order of Man. And um, I should see if I can connect you with Ryan, man. You guys would have a great... He has a beard just like yours. He looks like you, but he's skinnier. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no worries. I'm, I'm up for anything, man. Yeah. Anything that gets this put out in the positive manner that it deserves. This fact that we're watching the, the lame stream media uh, smear this is the sickest and hardest part in all of this. But we all know who they are. And we all know what they do. So it's kind of comical. We kind of look at it and just kind of laugh. And we come into the hotel here where I'm kind of running, you know, some logistics and stuff because we got guys gridlocked out on the road here. So I've been bringing them in uh, for showers and, and burgers. We had burgers this afternoon. We actually cooked the restaurant out of food. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, but yeah, anything that'll pass this. Oh, yeah, whatever where I was going. Is they got a TV with CBC. Uh, all it does is pump CBC, pump CBC. And we're watching it. We're standing here watching it and they're smearing it while we're all standing there going wow we're all standing here watching it hey listen yesterday in texas donald trump gave you a shout out i don't know if you heard about that but uh he what? basically gave the canadian truckers a shout out he said we want the canadian truckers to know that we're with you and we believe in you these are the folks who are standing up for freedom so donald That's trump awesome. gave you a shout out brother and, uh, yeah I wrote a book with uh, Wayne Allen Root. He's the good. Um, he's a good man, Wayne. Um, they call him the Trump of Las Vegas. He's got a radio show. Let me connect you with Wayne if it's cool that uh, we get connected through our mutual friend directly. I'll connect you Absolutely. with Wayne. I think it'd be cool. I know some of your colleagues have been on the Tucker Carlson show. I love Tucker Carlson too. What he yeah. does is good. All the good people. Uh, in the world should hear your, your story and hear your message, man. And, um, uh, you know, my, my regular podcast, uh, team, um, the man who does all our editing, he's on vacation this week. I'm frantically trying to reach him. I says, dude, we got to do a special release. Where the hell are you? Get over here, man. I'm <laughs> paying triple. Let's get it out there. <laughs> right on. So, you know, we're, we're just, uh, we're just excited to have you here, man. And I'm happy to connect you with anybody and everybody in my sphere. That's what I love to do. I love connecting people and, you know, you keep doing what you do, man. The world needs you. The world, the world needs men to stand up. You're giving all men courage. And well, men just men gotta, stand you up, know what? Men just thing. gotta smart the hell up. And you know what? We have a voice. You can use it properly. But we also know that this world's gone by so soft. You know, yeah. that it's gone by the wayside. And I'm not saying you need to get aggressive and you need to do that kind of stuff. But hey, you know what? There is a time that that was the way life was, where you spit on your hand and your word was your bond. You know? Yeah. And now people have been built into generational societies built on reality TV that their concepts were lie, cheat, and steal to get what you want. And yes. we've got two generations of children that have grown up watching this, and all they know is lying and cheating and stealing, and that's how you get to what you want. we got to break that cycle, this mind manipulation, and this, this, this twisting of, of what is good, what is right, and what is wrong. It needs to be, it needs to be curbed and stopped. 100%. And you know what? This is part of a deliberate plot. Uh, by communism to basically destroy the West and destroy freedom. You know, a hundred years ago, Vladimir Lenin uh, was the man who caused communism to take root in, in Russia. And he sent one of his acolytes, a German communist named William Munzenberg to America saying, hey, America's our main adversary, weaken them from within. So Munzenberg started to implement a number of things to weaken Western society. He started to find willing accomplices that were out there uh, going into schools, infiltrating schools, taking away patriotic education and bringing in you know, right. Western and freedom-hating education. Same thing happened with the media. Same thing happened with Hollywood. Hollywood used to be full of he-men like John Wayne and Gary Cooper uh, you yeah. know, and Clark Gable. And no. now we've also got Russia and communist China who are the main adversaries of Western-style freedom. And they're using social media to basically subvert us from within. They're having us fight with each other. 
You know, Justin yeah. Trudeau is a willing tool. He wants us to fight with each other because if we're all united, we're going to kick them the crap out of here. And what's yeah. communist China doing? They're emphasizing manly education for their boys. What are we doing? We're we're telling our boys masculinity is bad and it's toxic. And we're saying gender is just a construct. Gender's not real. Well, I don't know. Biology told me it's real. Listen, I got a ton of ton of sympathy for somebody who goes out there and, and is having an issue, you know, understanding what their gender is. I've had people that are very close to me that I've had some people kill themselves over being confused. So I got a lot of sympathy for that. What I have zero sympathy for is a charlatan like Justin Trudeau using this issue to divide people and to create division and hatred. You know, people in the gay community, people who are, you know, in the transgender community, they need to know we love you. We love you. You're Canadians. You're Westerners. We love you. You're our people. Don't let Justin Trudeau try to convince you otherwise. We are here for you and we love you. And don't let him use your issues, the pain that you've gone through in order to divide and confuse all of us into hating each other. We are the forces of Canada and the forces of love, brother. 100%. Wow, you're wide awake. I love it. (laughs) I love it. And if people could just start to use a little humility and make, and when they have some, when they make a mistake, they own it and move on. It's better to address a mistake and learn from it than to deny that mistake ever happened and think everything's fine. We ought to make a, a movie, a documentary about what you're doing. And uh, let me talk to the people that I know. I think I can get a couple of them interested in this. This is a very, very powerful thing. And it's important that it gets done sooner rather than later. This message is important. It's given hope to hundreds of millions of people around the world. What you've done, man, has made me you know, proud to be a Canadian. I was always proud to be a Canadian, but it's just pushed that proud up, pride up and amped it up for me a million fold, you know? I got lots of footage for you. Yeah. Good. I'll tell you this. Um, yes, I'm in the business of, of coaching people, entrepreneurs. I'm in the business of helping people elevate themselves, become better, stronger, make more money. I help men. I help entrepreneurs. And I just want to say anybody who's been a part of your trucking combo, and I'm, I may regret this at some point, but anybody here who wants to talk, who wants to have a conversation, I'm offering free coaching to them. Any trucking business owner who has supported what you're doing, I'm offering free coaching for them. We're here to wow. support you guys in winning. We want you guys to win. Anybody else wants to come on my show, I'll bring them on my show. This is a blanket offer. E-Circle, my company in this show, is sponsoring the Freedom Convoy, and we're supporting it. We're putting our money where our mouth is. Okay, brother? Wow, thank you so much, man. Hell yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, man. It's 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 an absolute honor. It's an absolute honor. And uh I've I've, I've had a blast having this conversation with you. Yeah. I actually do motivational speaking. I actually started out doing that originally. And uh, you know, just uplifting and seeing people's, you know, I call it the ostrich effect when they're looking down and they're bored, and then all of a sudden you see something that hits their key and they're like, Oh, okay. I gotta hit the nail on the head. <laughs> hey Pat, we're doing we're doing a couple events coming up. We'd love to have you speak to the people by Zoom, and they're all freedom themed. Yeah, have- absolutely. I'd be I'd be happy to help in any way, shape, or form. Let's do it. And uh, okay. you know, we we're happy to donate some money to the fund uh, by way of saying thank you. So be be really really cool if you could do that. That'd be awesome. Wow, thank you kindly. Yeah, it's an honor, man. It's it's an absolute honor. I, again, like all the men, women that drove those trucks and um, are sitting out there. And I just say thank you to every single man and woman who has been behind you and with you and beside you and in front of you this this entire time. Thank you. Thank you. Just showing up for, for Canada and the people. And I'm sure they'll say thank you as well. God bless you, Brother Pat. God bless you. Uh, you're a good man. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you for standing up for Canada. Thank you for standing up for freedom. And thank you for sparking a worldwide freedom revolution because this has gone global. And I'll tell you, one of the coolest things that just swelled my chest with pride was when Tucker Carlson said, you know, those truckers in Canada, they're standing up for all our freedoms. And I wish people in the United States would do what they're doing because normally we here in Canada say we should be doing what they're doing down there in the States. Yeah. But this time they said, I wish the Americans were doing 
what these men are doing in Canada. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Folks, you know, to find out more about the real Pat King, you can go to, you know, his feeds on Facebook. You can go to, is there any, any sort of like uh, fundraising page or anything like that? We should be telling the people about brother. Um, right now, um, for, for myself, because of uh, my crew that I'm running, it's uh, I'm just doing email money transfers to myself. It's King Patrick two, seven, eight at gmail.com. If you want to participate and help the majority of the truckers, so I have my own crew that I'm running. I've have uh, four hotel rooms that I got to put them up. We also got an Airbnb for a command post, and uh, we've got logistics out of a motorhome for fuel costs and uh, and that. Um, so I'm running mine out of my email, and then the GoFundMe is for all the registrants in the in the um, in the convoy. Now we have over fifty seven thousand transport trucks sitting here scattered all over Ottawa right now. And we're trying to figure out how to squeeze them in. Now we're going to be doing some things here later on under the cover of darkness <laughs> to try and squeeze them back in and get them all in. So we're trying to, we're trying to get things going. King Patrick, two seven, eight at gmail.com to send the funds directly to you for what you're doing. And then the GoFundMe page for the freedom convoy. We're yeah, going to make sure all that's put into the show notes. We're going to make a donation to you as well. And you're going to come speak for us. So it'll be like an official bit of a business thing. And uh, we're excited to have that brother. We're excited to make that a real thing. Brother, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank, thank you. you so much. And that wraps well, up another good. exciting episode of the podcast, the thought leader revolution to find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only the real Pat King. Go to <laughs> the thought leader revolution.com webpage check out the show notes go to the show notes wherever you listen to this podcast itunes spotify stitcher etc and thank you to my lovely bride for being my co-host i haven't had a co-host in a very very long time and pat <laughs> thanks again brother for all that you do to preserve the cause of freedom god bless you thank you nikki and thank you Teresa, for having me on your show this episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice.